Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. Paul says that he was lowly born and even still God used him. God does not call the qualified. God qualifies the called. Amen. Let's get into the word. Uh, Today's message comes from the book of 1 Corinthians, uh, 15th chapter, going to be reading the 1st through the 11th verse. Again, that is 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, verses 1 through 11. I'm going to be reading uh, the New International Translation of God's word. Let's, uh, let's see what it has to say for us today, amen? Hear ye the word of the Lord. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. And after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then it is I or they, this is what we preach, and this is what you believed. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Pray with me, please. Oh, Lord, our God, we honor you, we bless you, we praise your holy name. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, your name is great and greatly to be praised. We thank you for this opportunity to gather once again in your name and study your word, Lord God. Let every word that comes from my mouth and every meditation that comes from all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, Lord God so that we can point people to Christ, so that they can know him in the pardoning of their sins. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Uh, For the time that we get to share together today, I'd like to talk a little bit about unlikely disciples. Unlikely disciples. I used to hear the phrase, uh, don't judge a book by its cover. Growing up, 
Uh, meant that people have diverse skills, experiences, and life stories. And just because you see them in a particular uh, position does not mean you know what it took for them to get there. Likewise, just because you have reached a certain status doesn't mean also that you get to dictate who else is allowed to achieve that status. You don't know what anybody's going through to get there, and you don't know what anybody's done, so you can't determine who's in and who's out. I've been in meetings and at the table for decisions in my life that I would have never thought I would be, and it has been shocking. And in the same manner, I've had to make sure that I didn't exclude anyone else uh, from those same meetings for no good reason either. You never know who God will use and for what purpose God will use them. There was a famous saint. Before becoming a saint, he lived a rich and famous lifestyle. He was born into wealth and privilege. Uh, he was a notorious party animal. He was selfish, hung around the wrong crowd, even had a live-in girlfriend. He had no intentions of marrying. Uh, much to his mother's dismay, she was an upstanding Christian, and he was, in short, an embarrassment to the community. One day, this entitled young man had a change of heart. Over the years, he'd heard the basic Christian teachings from his mother, uh, but it had never stuck. But on this day, he found himself sitting in the garden of the family estate, a Bible in his hands, and he had felt troubled by the emptiness of his life. And this young man opened the Bible and read these words, let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Romans chapter 13, verses uh, 13 through 14. Years later, this man wrote about how he felt that day. And he said, instantly, it was like the, as if the light of peace was poured into my heart and all the gloom, doubt vanished away. Not, after, uh, not long after, uh, this dissolute young man surprised his friends by training to be a priest. And not only becoming a priest, but ultimately a bishop. This very man, uh, this one-time playboy that is now called a saint in many Christian traditions, his name was Augustine. And he lived during the fourth century. And he was as unlikely a candidate for sainthood as you will find. There's an unlikely disciple or an apostle in scripture as well uh, by the name of Paul. Uh, we find Paul writing a letter to the Corinthian church. And in Paul's letter, he has talked about so far not having hierarchies among the members. 
Paul has spoken about spiritual gifts. Paul has spoken about love. Paul has, has been trying to get the church straight on how to act as believers, both to one another and out in the world. And by the time we get to chapter 15, Paul has switched gears. And now he says, now that we've covered how you're supposed to act, uh, let's talk about the foundation. Let's talk about what matters for us. And it's the gospel. Paul has been stringing a bunch of arguments together throughout this letter to the church. And now he wants to tell them what matters most. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 11 covers the basics that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. Uh, that Christ was buried according to the scriptures and that Christ was raised from the dead on the third day according to the scriptures and that Christ went around and saw all of the believers and that we await his return, that Christ will come again. You know, a fun thing about, um, fun fact rather about 1 Corinthians 15 is that this is actually the oldest written recording of the Easter story, the resurrection. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15 is, was written before Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, but the message is the same gospel that everybody else was preaching. What Paul was preaching to the churches, he had started all the other disciples, all the other uh, believers, all the other apostles, they all were preaching this same message. Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. This was the same message that everybody was preaching around the community of believers. This passage of scripture focuses on the basics. I said it before, I'll say it again. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. This is the gospel. This is the message that we hold firmly to. This is essential. And we use our faith in the gospel to continually work out our salvation. Salvation is not a date or a destination. Salvation is a journey. We are constantly trying to become better Christians. We are constantly exercising our faith. We don't just get wet in the water and then say, I'm good and I don't need to do anything else. We have to keep working out our salvation. But why would anybody listen to Paul? Paul persecuted the church. That alone should have disqualified him. Paul went after people who believed in Jesus, attacked churches in the middle of service, had people beaten and tortured and killed. But now he's the one going out all over the world, setting up churches and taking the gospel to the rest of the world. Why should anybody listen to Paul? Paul says that if God can use me, God can use anyone. God can use you as well. 
Paul says in the text he was abnormally born. Uh, some translations say lowly born, uh, basically meaning that they were low in life. They didn't have all the status. They didn't have all of the things that come with being high ranking. But God still used Paul. Paul says that he was lowly born and even still God used him. God does not call the qualified. God qualifies the called. Think about Abraham, for example. Uh, this is a man who was old in age, and God told him face to face that both he and his wife, who were old in age, were going to have a child. Moses was a murderer. He was running and hiding. He was on the lamb and working odd jobs as a shepherd when God called him. Rahab's another unlikely disciple. She was a temple prostitute of a foreign religion that saves Joshua's men from the enemy. Samuel was so dull that he had to be called three times. And then Samuel uh, needs someone else to tell him who is calling. David was a mighty king and a mighty sinner. He seduced Bathsheba and then had her husband killed so that he could marry him, marry her. But his repentance was genuine and he never stopped loving the Lord. Ruth was a widow from a foreign country, but out of love for her mother-in-law, she followed her to Israel, found another husband, and became Jesus' ancestor. Jeremiah responded to God's call with hesitation, saying, I, I can't speak. I'm only a boy. And it's not just in the Old Testament. There are New Testament unlikely disciples as well. John the Baptist was a wild man living in the wilderness uh, that was given to outbursts of anger and ate uh, food that people didn't really eat back then and ate uh, and wore clothes that people didn't uh, wear back then. But he was a voice crying in the wilderness saying, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Matthew was a tax collector, and Matthew was a man that was so despised that when Jesus visited his house, the people complained, and Jesus had to tell them in Matthew chapter 9, verse 13, I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. You see, there is only one requirement for discipleship in the end a willingness to submit to God's call. You don't have to be super smart, super strong, or even particularly religious. All you have to do is listen when God calls and then get up and do what God asks. Truth be told, you don't even have to respond immediately. I wouldn't advise it, though. I mean, Jonah waited. He tried to hold off and go the opposite direction, and that didn't go too well for him. But God will still be there while you try to run the other way. 
we are all unlikely candidates for discipleship. Every one of us. If you look around the typical sanctuary, even though we may act like it, there are no super Christians, just ordinary people hesitant in their faith, sometimes wavering in their commitment and often difficult to live with. As a collective group, we are all sinful and hypocritical and stingy and short-tempered and insecure. In short, no different than any other gathering of people on this globe. Um, but we all have sometime, somewhere, heard God's call on our lives. And each time we reach the crossroads, we have a choice. We can say yes to God's call or we can go our own way. Whom shall I send and who will go for us demands the voice of the Lord. And Isaiah said, here I am, Lord, send me. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open and we invite you to come. Pray with me, church. God, we thank you for this opportunity to gather and hear your word. We speak a blessing upon those who heard it and those who will hear it. That if there is someone that feels the call of God on them to do something or be something, the Holy Spirit will prick their heart in that manner. And they'll ask, what must I do if they need to know Jesus Christ in the pardoning of their sins? What must I do to become saved? Lord God, we ask that your word be a seed that is planted in good soil and produces a great harvest, 30, 60, 100-fold. It's in the name above all names that we submit this prayer, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Thank you so much for watching this video. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Don't forget to connect with me on social media, Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. on Facebook, at Pastor J. Simp Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for watching and God bless.